Freesia helps life sciences companies connect with clinically relevant patients by delivering targeted, one-to-one health content to patients wherever and however they seek care. Our integrations with leading practice management, EHR, and telehealth systems facilitated more than 100 million check-ins last year for healthcare providers in all 50 states, helping brands to identify and motivate the right patients to start meaningful conversations and better understand their target patient populations. For more information, visit lifesciences.freesia.com. The following content is sponsored in partnership with Haymarket Media U.S. Hello, my name is Mark Iskowitz. I'm editor-at-large for MMM, and I'm super excited to be part of today's sponsored podcast with Freesia Life Sciences. Here with me today are Isaac Geeler, lead client experience manager for Freesia Life Sciences, and uh, he's joined by Julie Cosgrove, who's director of marketing at Al Nylum Pharmaceuticals. Isaac and Julie, thanks so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here, Mark. Terrific. I'm thrilled to have you both. And uh, we're talking about patient centricity at the point of care. Patient centricity has long been a buzzword in the world of pharma marketing, but we're going to talk about what true patient-centric marketing looks like. And Freesia really is well positioned to define that, given that they're using technology to help medical groups and health systems optimize that patient intake process at the point of care. So they're right there in the thick of things. So let's just get started with a basic question, Isaac. What does it mean to be patient-centric in pharma marketing today, and why is it so important? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I'm going to take a page out of our SVP, David Lenetsky's book, and say the punchline first. And that's really that we exist as Freesia to activate patients and change their lives, and in some cases, save their lives. And to do that, I think it really all starts with being patient-centric and being a patient advocate. We can't have a mission statement like that, obviously, and not put the patient in the middle of every decision that we make as pharma marketers, as healthcare marketers, as vendors in this space. Patients are really, I think, relying on us to help them live better lives. And the easiest way for us to do that is to engage with patients and definitely educate them on making those you know, better informed healthcare decisions with their HCPs. I think in you know my mind, like being prepared for a conversation with an HCP is advocacy, whether that's you know advocating for yourself, for others as a caregiver. And when a patient is educated and they can advocate for themselves, we can really improve their own outcomes and not rely on chance in healthcare, because obviously that's a roll of the dice I don't think anyone really wants to take. Sure. So, so it's really, uh, you know, putting the emphasis on the patient, whether it's patient-reported outcomes, finding out what's really important to patients. And uh, Julie, what are some of the top benefits of incorporating that approach into a marketing strategy? Yeah. So to build on what Isaac said, you know, in healthcare, the customer isn't always buying your product. They're not always making the choice to be on your product. And so since the economics of the healthcare market are so different, I think we always have to remind ourselves to be patient-centric. It's not something that always comes naturally, I think, in healthcare companies when you have so many other constituents. But at the end of the day, the patient should be at the center of the partnership between the, the HCP, the payer, and the patient to improve their healthcare. And being able to be patient-centric in your marketing or in your materials or um, in how you listen to patients and gather feedback and then make changes to what you're doing. Like Isaac said, it helps the patient make a better decision for themselves because they know themselves the best. Um, it also helps their doctor to make better healthcare choices for the patient because their patient's asking the right questions. So the doctor knows which direction to go. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. And sometimes marketers can help patients see around corners, so to speak, by prepping them for that clinical encounter, you know, the right questions to ask and so forth. Let's uh, have you answer up next. What are some of the biggest barriers to achieving patient centricity in pharma and, and how can marketers push beyond those barriers? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest barriers is just the the concern or the feeling that we can't talk to patients. And certainly there are really important guidelines. There's HIPAA guidelines in place to protect patient privacy. Um, But there are many ways to get feedback from the patient community through advocacy groups, market research, um, advisory boards, you know, ambassador programs. And so I think really the way you can be patient-centric is to hear what patients need, hear what our customers need and what they want and meet them where they are. I definitely agree with Julie. I mean, everyone is different. Everybody's bodies are different. And I think it can seem super overwhelming in healthcare to want to try and fix everything for everyone. Um, But being able to talk to patients and gather real insights quickly from patients, I think allows us as marketers to better tailor that messaging, make sure that patients are getting the education that they actually want versus just giving them the education that we as marketers think they want. I think everyone knows that this industry hasn't been quick to pivot, but now we have a lot of tools, I think, at our disposal that can help start that process or speed up that process. And I think that's something that we've really taken to heart at Freesia, being able to quickly survey patients at the point of care, you know, moments before they speak to their physician to really get into their brains and their minds and think about their opinions and thoughts and feelings about their condition or what they plan to talk to their doctor about to really help pull out those actionable insights to inform marketing or education and so on. I think all that at scale is super important so that we're reaching as diverse of an audience as possible just to make sure that we're covering all of our bases. And I think that helps us as marketers uncover a lot of things that we project onto the patients that we serve, thinking that a certain patient population needs a certain type of educational material or financial resource when in reality, like they might not. We ran a survey a couple months ago of 5,000 patients and only 3% of potentially eligible patients in that survey had ever used a patient support program I think as marketers, like we throw these up on websites all the time. Every you know brand has one, but patients don't use them or don't know how to find them. And it's really, really hard to help connect the dots when we don't even know if patients want to use the tools and resources that we're giving them, let alone help making sure that they you know, find them. Um, I think we have a little bit of like, if you build it, they will come mentality. But I think that's not always the case. I think it's really important right. to make sure that we are tapping into patients to see if they actually want what we're putting out there. Sure. So you're talking about a lot of first party, uh, you know, data that that Freesia collects. Yeah. And in terms of the build it and they will come approach, uh, we we did a story a few weeks ago on MMM about uh, how a lot of the digital products that pharma launched over the last couple of years have really had a low success rate. You know, because there was a lot of digitization going on, rather than building in, you know, uh, products that have that feedback loop where you're getting, you know, uh, feedback from patients: is this thing useful? How can we keep it updated? You know, how can we get the patient level data that helps us to personalize our marketing and and so forth. So it sounds like the barriers are starting to come down or at least, you know, pharma is getting better um, at at navigating um, this, this equation, so to speak. So how do do you kind of do a reality check on yourselves? How do you know if you're being uh, truly patient centric? I think it's something that needs to be built into our KPIs and into our planning from the start. And I, you know, part of the way we know is how much patients engage with our content, how often they sign up for updates and how engaged they are, how much time they spend on our, our websites and our podcasts or all of our activities. So I think that's one way to do it. 
The other piece is just having that discipline to you know, start every meeting with a patient story or, or an image of a patient who is benefiting from your product or, or dealing with the disease that you're trying to solve as a, as a pharmaceutical company. So I think it needs to be part of the culture and it needs to be just ingrained in us to always be looking back to that patient perspective and making sure that whenever decisions are being made, we're thinking about what is the result to the end user. And I think thinking like tactically from the vendor and a lot of what I consider like success in, in you know, patient centricity can be measured, whether that's with third party studies and measuring the campaigns that we're actually launching and, and putting out into the world and, you know, checking audience quality to make sure that are we even reaching the right patient? That's something that I think also we at Freesia take really seriously is making sure that, you know, we're targeting the right patients to see the right message at the right time at the right point in their healthcare journey to make sure that what's you know what they're seeing what they're getting is actually resonating with them and then you know down the line that helps with conversion rate and all that good stuff that comes with third party measurement and then again that feedback loop i think is really important if we're hearing from patients that we're sort of on the right track that is obviously a really good feeling knowing that you know we're we're actually helping them and if we're not at least we get that feedback quickly and we can action on it Mm-hmm. It's really refreshing to hear, you know, you have that kind of through line to how do we, you know, tap into what the patient really, really wants. I mean, we, we survey pharma every year for a healthcare marketers survey and every year the top audience is always physicians with patients a distant second. But I think that, that the industry is really closing that gap and you know, the, the, what, you're, what you're saying here is, is really uh, refreshing to hear. We know patients want to be active in their healthcare journey, uh, as we, we discussed earlier. How can digital engagement at the point of care help pharma marketers meet patients where they are and, and empower them to make better healthcare decisions? What we hear so much from patients dealing with chronic diseases is the complacency and the not wanting to be perceived as a sick person. And I think what that means is that after a while, people living with difficult chronic diseases become resigned to the status quo and they stop searching for solutions. However, when they're in the doctor's office, they are there to speak to a doctor about their health. They're there to try to make them get better. And so it's a wonderful time to be able to assist them with that conversation with their doctor to help them ask the right questions, uh, like we talked about a little bit earlier. Sure. Not thinking of people as sick people per se, but really as, uh, you know, human beings. Uh, That's that's a good start. We're all (laughs) a patient at some point, right? We're all, we all visit the doctor. We all know, I mean, how many of us have walked out of a doctor's office and and forgot to ask that key question that we've, you know, been waiting months for this appointment to ask. Um, And so I think that we have a really good opportunity to kind of serve up some of those questions or doctor discussion guides or, or just little reminders, you know, ask your doctor for this test, if you're feeling this or, um, it's a really good opportunity to meet the patient where they are. And that, that is patient centric. They don't always want to necessarily think about their health when they're watching, like, I don't know, the bachelor. (laughs) It's an escape, right? Exactly. Right. (laughs) But, but when they're in the thick of things, you know, Mm -hmm. they're, they're in the the facility or they're, they're driving to the facility. That's when, you know, that, that, that moment occurs where they could, where they could use that support or on the, on the flip side, when they're coming out of the doctor's appointment and they forget, 80% 80% of the stuff, you know, right. the, the, that they were told uh, or recommended to do. So uh, those are, those are moments uh, when, when support is helpful. 
And I, I think patients are definitely paying attention at the point of care. We, again, did another survey of like 7,500 patients, um, just about their perception, uh, perceptions of pharma marketing. And it's actually a little crazy how much patients pay more attention to point of care advertising than any other type. Uh, to Julie's point, they're inundated throughout their day with ads on Instagram and on TV and literally everywhere you turn. But you're really reaching a captive audience at the point of care. They're in a doctor's office. They're checking in for their appointment. You know, maybe it's a telehealth appointment on their on their couch. So they're really, really focused in that healthcare mindset. And patients are really receptive to sort of that halo messaging where, you know, maybe the doctor doesn't necessarily know exactly what the patient is seeing out in that waiting room or on their phone as they check in. But there's sort of that halo feeling from patients that, oh, you know what, this is tied to my doctor. It feels really good. It feels right. It's truthful information. It's right information. And delivering patients that material, I think, really gives them that leg up to ask those questions and not forget or to track symptoms. So who knows? There's so many resources out there that I think we we see across brands. So giving patients these tools is definitely vitally important to, to health outcomes and, and making sure that's at the point of care where patients are, are most receptive is, is very important. Sure, sure. And, and as, as Julie said earlier, you know, they're, they're not going to necessarily be so receptive when they're watching, you know, primetime television as when they're in a point of care environment. So that, that's a great segue to the next point here, which is, you know, what makes the point of care setting such a critical place for marketers to reach high-quality patient audiences. I think you, you both started you know, talking about that, but can you build on that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, one other piece for me as a pharmaceutical marketer is just the targeting. And I currently work in rare diseases and targeting is incredibly important, um, especially when you work in a disease that has symptoms that could be many different diseases that are very non-specific. You don't necessarily want to blast those messages to a broad audience. You want to be super targeted so that they're reaching the people that you can help, the people who may be applicable for your clinical trial or your, your treatment. And so I think that's where our point of care gives us, you know, that, that ability to specifically target at a time where patients are seeking information and also the opportunity to get feedback on that interaction through the digital engagement. And then there's a piece there too, that they're in the doctor's office. It's a, it's another way to reach the doctor. Have the patient ask the doctor, mention your brand name, um, because they just saw it. So I think it's a really valuable place for us to, you know, explore. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I work in point of care, so I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute. But, <laughs> you know, pharma spends enormous sums of money on television and, and mass media all throughout the year. I think the last number I saw was like $1.6 billion was spent by the top 10 pharma brand TV ad buyers in 2021 alone. I mean, that number is like astronomical. Uh, but awareness is still really low when you start to measure that out. Even with that amount of money, through like a mix of iSpot TV data and our own patient surveys, we found that after 8 million TV ad impressions um, for migraine patients, only 7% of patients could remember a brand for migraine brand recall. I mean, that's like you just spent that amount of money on 8 million impressions and only 7% of patients could remember a brand that they saw on TV. I mean, that's... It's incredible. And, and helping I think, out your competitors, basically. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of these you know, mass media ads are playing to the wrong audiences, to Julie's point, sometimes to no audience at all, if it's just on in the background. And for patients who do see the ads, there's definitely a next level of frustration when it comes to personalization, not seeing representative patients, representative experiences, representative outcomes. I think like the list goes on just when you start putting stuff out in the mass media world. And even in digital channels, I think we're starting to see a similar story emerge, whether that's patients, again, being reached at the wrong time in the wrong place, 
there was a Nielsen study that came out that 40% of digital ad budgets are wasted on the wrong audiences. Again, that's just such a, a wasted impression. And there's a lot of waste when it comes to the wrong patients seeing the wrong ads when that ad could be more directed towards a patient that could really benefit from seeing that. But there is a promise land for pharma advertising. I think that's really the point of care. It helps cut through the noise. There's little to no waste with targeted ads. You know, we're supporting patients all the way through the patient journey. There's, again, that halo of trust, I think, that is it is important, even though sort of unspoken. And reaching patients in that critical moment just needs to have a, a bigger place in, in media mixes, I think. And shameless plug, like a tactic like Freesia can help brands reach those patients at that super niche targeted audience just through our the way that we work with our integrations with EHRs. Like we're pulling all the super clinically qualified data. We know patients are treated with certain medications or have certain diagnoses, obviously in a HIPAA compliant manner. But using all these data points and building that constellation of data to really make sure that we're reaching the right patient at that right time. And as a marketer, you've come this far and making making all these ads, it's really important to make that last mile count and not letting your omni-channel strategy sort of lose patience in the moments that matter most and just spraying ads out there and then hoping something sticks. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe those broadcast ads are good if you're the, or the first couple of uh, entrants in a category, but especially when we talk about challenger brands and, and, and that kind of thing, see the value uh, of reaching audiences in specialized environments. We'll be right back with more of the MMM podcast. Freesia's Patient Connect product leverages patient information collected on Freesia's intake platform during check-in to deliver targeted one-to-one health content to clinically qualified patients at critical moments in their healthcare journey. Whether virtually or in person, connect with your patients at the moments that matter by providing them with relevant information and resources at different stages within their healthcare journey. Brands see impactful results with an average 2020 campaign conversion rate of 8.3 times lift over control, a 730% increase. For more information, visit lifesciences.freesia.com. We're back with Isaac Geeler of Freesia Life Sciences and Julie Cosgrove of Alnylam Pharmaceuticals. Okay, so we see the value. Let's talk about how digital technology has changed the way pharma marketers can target patients and personalize messaging and resources at the point of care. I think we're finally at a point in technology where we're able to use all of the data that we've had um, that was probably previously housed in, in silos sort of all over the place. Now we can really use all of that to build really strong targeted campaigns using all that super rich data. We're also seeing this technology being adopted at a much faster rate than it probably was 15 to 20 years ago. I mean, even remember 15 to 20 years ago, like patient intake was solely on paper and a clipboard. Medical records were solely paper, just housed in stacks behind you know someone working at the front desk. Now all that digitized data has really made it more accessible for use. Again, obviously in a HIPAA compliant manner, but I think we can now go beyond old proxies like just location um, and hoping that a patient with a certain condition or that's looking for certain treatment just happens to walk through the door. But now we can actually find these patients where they are and meet them where they are using all of that data. And that's all due to digital technology just advancing at the clip that it is. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree. I think we can all see how digital technology has changed advertising. I mean, how many of you have like had a conversation about a solo stove and then started to receive ads for solo stoves? I'll probably get some after this podcast. But you know, the good thing about that is that all, you know, advertisers across the board can target us with advertisements that we're interested in. And you know what? I, I may demographically look exactly the same as my next door neighbor. We may have completely different interests and completely different motivations. Um, and I think that's one thing that it's only recently since, you know, this 
I don't know what you call it, data renaissance has made it possible for us to be so targeted and, and behaviorally, behaviorally targeted to the audience that we're trying to reach. I mean, and dy- I mean, dynamic content is another huge one because you can, you can really, you can put a picture of a person who looks like someone who your customer wants to react to in front of an ad and, and the next person over may see someone very different or a slightly different message. So I think that the opportunity to offer dynamic ads that, again, just meet people where they are. I think, I mean, that's a really good point. You like that representation of, of seeing either something that you aspire to, maybe not necessarily if it's a healthcare ad, but like something, I think that's where a lot of brands are hoping. It's like the aspirational nature, but seeing like representation, even in healthcare where it's, you know, the outcomes that you're trying to obtain or like your experience even on that, that medication or with that condition or just you know, representation of yourself physically. I think now with personalizing messaging, we can really make sure that patients feel like this ad is for them. I know it sounds like kind of weird, but if I saw something that I didn't feel connected to, obviously I would forget about that, the ad and walk away from it. But knowing that there is something that I can see that is you know, aligned to my interests, um, to your point, Julie, like that resonates with me a lot more. I'm more likely definitely to remember it, to talk about it, to ask about it with my physician. I mean, it goes a long way when you see something that makes sense to you. Sure. And that's what the, the data renaissance that you were talking about, Julie, is all about, using that data to inform the marketing. Sorry, you, you were going to say something else, Julie? Well, I just thought it would be worth mentioning also, you know, personalization and uh, including DEI as some of our goals. Like, we all know there's inequity in healthcare. And I think that now we're seeing that more. I think the effects of that are becoming more apparent as there's more data to show that inequity. And um, I know this may be a little bit off topic, but I do think that as advertisers, we couldn't promote to people who look a lot different or have very different family situations in the past. But now we do have that opportunity so that I think it just creates a more inclusive environment and inclusive society when you see all different types of people in your ads and Mm -hmm. sure. Sure. And I think bringing that back to digital technology, allowing us to reach more people and more diverse groups of people, whether that's across the country, across the world, that at the end of the day is only going to make us all better only because now we can tap into everyone's different, you know, thoughts and emotions and feelings and the way that they live their lives. And whether it's, you know, clinical trial trials or our own advertising, I think, the reach now that we have just because technology has purely just made that easier, it's going to allow us to hopefully fix a lot of those inequities or at least start making progress on them. Sure, sure. Okay, one last question. I'll let you both go. You know, can you share some examples of strong patient-centric campaigns uh, from other companies that, that you've admired? That's a great question. There are a lot of different campaigns that I look at when I'm trying to develop my campaigns, a lot of different competitors or other you know, right now I work in Rare. I think the Hagarda team has done a great job with their HAE medication. Recently, I've been looking a lot at the lupus treatments because there are some similarities between that and the disease state uh, that I work on. So I, I really like uh, the Ben Lista campaign personally. Those are a few that I look at. Um, and obviously, Al Nylum's campaigns are obviously <laughs> patient-centric. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what did you like about the uh, that HAE campaign? You know, that's that's a crowded category, right? Yeah, it is. I think that there, first of all, especially rare disease companies, we tend to use real patients in our materials, and I think that's really important because, again, you want to show doctors what a patient looks like, 
and the diversity of what those patients could look like. And also you want patients to be inspired. And I think that the, that Hagarda campaign was realistic, but it, it was also just beautifully done and aspirational. And I think really brought to life that patient experience and the aspiration of, you know, not having HAE attacks. And I've never worked for an HAE product. I will just say that. Sure. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's important to uh, get the, the imagery right and, and, the, mm-hmm. and the approach right so that patients identify with that, as you say, that aspiration of, of being attack-free in order to get them to motivate action on their part, right? And then Ben Lista, it was lupus. Uh, it was another campaign. What, what did you like about that one? I like how they talk about their clinical data in a very patient-centric way. They talk about how the, the treatment addresses the underlying disease, and it, it really brings that HCP message. Actually, it really brings just the clinical data down to a very layperson level. I'm very much against taking HCP content and then like patientizing it. I think they're two totally different audiences and, and focuses. I think sometimes, especially with, you know, working with our regulatory, we tend to add a lot of extra context that's not necessary. And I think some of the consumer brands have gotten really good at communicating clinical benefit without uh, bogging someone down in in the clinical trial design. Sure. Yeah. Sort of trusting that patients appreciate seeing the data, but at the same time, making it accessible to them, you know, and not not over their heads. Isaac, did you want to talk about any uh, case studies that you were impressed with? Yeah, sure. I think a lot of the brands and campaigns that I'm thinking of actually go right along with what Julie found impressive about some of these other ones. I think uh, Vive, Apertude, and Cabanuva are both two that I really find impressive. They're both groundbreaking in you know the PrEP category and HIV treatment category. And I continually go back to see what resources that they're providing their patients. I think that's really important, especially for something that is so different than what patients are normally used to for HIV treatment or even for PrEP, taking pills every day. But this is a long-acting injectable. Totally different life-changing decision to get on that type of, of drug. So whether that's financial resources or information for AIDS service organizations, diverse clinical study information. I mean, again, that representation in healthcare is, is super, super important. And I think Nova Nordisk also does a really good job with a lot of their diabetes campaigns. They just offer a level of support that I rarely see. I think I've seen it definitely in some rare diseases, but like they offer diabetes coaching by phone and text. I think that's that's insane, especially for a super complex condition, but it's physical, but then it's also you need to make important lifestyle choices. And like the list goes on and having a coach there that you can contact just for help on all of that is is super interesting. And just the videos on how to use the injectable pen itself, it's helpful to have that. You can actually see, you know, that video, how to use this medication on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that speaks to, you know, why healthcare marketing done right is so important because it really helps outcomes on, on, on the other end. But that, that was terrific. So the, the priceless to hear, you know, both your thoughts on, on campaigns that you're impressed with. To that end, let's have another conversation as you reach more diverse groups of people at the point of care and connect them with the support they need to help them do a better job managing their condition. Okay. That was Isaac Geeler of Freesia and Julie Cosgrove of Alnylam Pharma. And it was a terrific conversation. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mark. Many thanks for listening. Come back soon for another one. This is Mark Yuskowitz for the MMM Podcast. Take care, everybody. Uncover your target patient population's unmet needs, motivations, concerns, and questions to drive patients to take action with Freesia's Patient Insights. 
Our market research product delivers custom logic-driven surveys to your target audience at the point of care, including hard-to-reach patient groups. Survey patients whether in a healthcare mindset on a wide variety of topics, from pricing and competitive research to patient experience, treatment satisfaction, usage, and more. For more information, visit lifesciences.freesia.com.